Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney. Also with me today, Kimberly Rose. Welcome, Kimberly. Hello, everyone. I'm always happy when she's on board. Conversation just, it feels better when her and I are collaborating collaborating together on a topic. It truly does. Yeah, well, thank you. That's nice. Yeah, and I also give her a lot of fuel for her to give me uh, a lot of crap for the rest of the day. Yes, that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> so... Today's topic, interesting, uh, what's new in the legalization of cannabis? And we went to cannabis as opposed to just talking about CBD Yeah, because we had to. Well, and I think... It's still really muddy out there. Yeah, and listen, once the marijuana side maybe gets a break, then the CBD side can also get a break. You would be correct. I just got a note from our producer. Anyway, um, yes, I agree with you. And a lot of that is going to shake up. Uh, I'm sorry. A lot of that's going to shake out over the next couple of months. Yeah. And it'll look clear as we go through today's agenda. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a matter of fact, I hope that as I share uh, the topic and all the items that we uncovered that you'll kind of get a big picture about where this is going. So if you are a fan of cannabis, you should be able to kind of get a good, fairly good grasp on the direction of the legalization and standardizations for cannabis coming in the near future. Right, right. And you know, I, I have so many customers that say, well, what do you mean? I mean, isn't it all the same? And I try and explain that there's two different plants Two different plants that are trying to uh, trying to appear in this world right now. Obviously, yeah. the most popular is the marijuana plant, but it's really not the medic. It it is a medical plant. Yeah, it has. But the hemp plant doesn't have those psychoactive things that the right. marijuana plant has. It's two different plants, and you. It completely different, opposite feelings. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's dive in today's topic. I thought it best to understand who are the players. So when we talk about legalization of cannabis, who are the players? Let me run down the list so you have a good idea. First, we start with our federal government. Yes. FDA, DEA, TSA, USDA, IRS, and the congressional process. Those are all our players uh, within the federal government. Then you have state state officials. Mm -hmm. You have the state elections. Then you also have your county officials and your consumers. So that's my list for today of all the players in this field. And you would think with that many talented people staged up to move this regulation forward and get some standardizations, all of these people, that it would be a lot further along today. Well, I, I think I've said it before. Uh, 
I think everybody's afraid to make that step because they're afraid. Is it is it going to you know? Is it going to be the wrong step? I mean, listen. With anything that's legalized that was not legal before, there's always going to be I'm, people in the world yeah. that misuse. I tell you, I agree with you. It is a fear. Yeah. But I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's that anymore. I think this one's money. Oh, this well. is all financial. And let me tell you, guys, it's a shit show out there. <laughs> all the all this talent. And by the way, these are people that we pay. Yeah. Our tax dollars, FDA, DEA, TSA, USD, USDA, IRS, Congress, those are all people on our payroll. Right. And there's a lot of talent, a lot of money there, and it's a shit show. Yeah. That's what's bugging me. Anyway. Well, you know what? Maybe right. we'll say there's too many cooks in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen? <laughs> Nicely put. Nicely hey, you took put. my shit show, so I'm going to take that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was well put. All right. All right. So now that we have that, let's get started. And we thought we'd, we'd kind of start with the the voting. What's on the ballot? Who, what states are legal? What states are not? Uh, let's play around with that conversation real quick. So first and foremost is who is on the ballot this year? for some form of cannabis, either recreational or medical. Uh, Arizona's on the ballot uh, to move it from medical to recreational. Montana is on the ballot for recreational. New Jersey on the ballot for recreational. And South Dakota on the ballot for recreational. And it's interesting that South Dakota is also on the ballot for medical. Uh, it is, it's an interesting, it's an amendment and I'm just not really sure if those two are combined or if they're separated. It, so if other words, if one fails, the other one picks in. But I, I could not tell you, but I'm pretty sure uh, everybody in South Dakota knows. When, uh, when we look at who else is bringing cannabis to the front is Mississippi uh, for medical. Uh, and that's it for the ballot. Though. So of the 11 states that are fully illegal... You only have a few of these that are adjusting. So what are we going to be down to? About maybe four states or so that are going to continue to stay uh, illegal. Um, however, you'll understand later in the show today that there is a congressional bill already on the ha in the House uh, that might have some impact on that. Okay. Right? Better, better or worse? Better. Oh, much better. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. You'll completely understand that. So uh, let's say here. So we've got, before that, before the election, we have 11 states that are fully illegal. Right. That's not a bad number. No, I was going to say, so <laughs> the other ones are either m medical or fully legal. Correct. Okay. Correct. That, you said that correct. Either the, the remaining states are either Medical only are fully legal. Okay. Uh, we have 28 of our states that have decriminalized cannabis. Good. So, I, again, the, the trends are tri absolutely great. Is there a particular state you'd want to know about? Uh, are you traveling anywhere? <laughs> well, I... So New York is legal, right? Yeah, that's legal everywhere. I'm trying that's, to think. That's, you said Mississippi already. Correct. Let's look at... Yeah, New York is mixed, by the way. Oh, is it? Right. It, is and it? so there's CBD, there's there's recreational, and there's medical, and they have a mix. And I couldn't tell you what it is without digging in a little further. Yeah. Come. And Florida? Uh, Legal. Let's see. Florida 
is mixed also. Okay. I can't think. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm only thinking of the places I visit. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Now, so remember, if you're one of the 11 states that are fully illegal, I'm sorry. Let me say that differently. And it'll show up when we come to uh, travel uh, and how the uh, and how the um, the TSA views this. Yeah. And, and really, and I'll explain that even more when we get to that subject, is remember when you were traveling to an illegal state, especially if it says fully illegal, you know, be aware that that's, that's the state you're going into. So right. it is important to know which one of these states, especially after next week's ballot, uh, which one of these states are going to be changing. And uh, the other thing to be aware of when it comes to the this voting process is let's say that these five states do pass there's still a time frame, and often it's a long time frame, like 18 months. Yeah. Before it literally gets into the system, and then you can actually participate in that newly uh, decided right. uh, agenda. Right. So keep those two things in mind. Um, still, when you're traveling around, know who's uh, know who's uh, legal and who's not. Let's keep moving on. Then we've moved past that baby. Let's go to our federal government. Let's start with the FDA. All right, with the FDA. Listen, they're still moving slow on this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure their hands are tied in a lot of different places, but let's just talk about, I, I want to read something. As of October 2020, this is FDA's statement. The FDA has continued to evaluate the regulatory framework for products containing cannabis and cannabis-derived compounds. Mm -hmm. The FDA continues to believe the drug-approved process represents the best way to ensure the safe and effective new medicines, including any drugs derived from cannabis, are available to patients in need of appropriate medical therapy. The agency is committed to supporting the development of new drugs, including cannabis, cannabis-derived drugs, through the investigational new drug and drug approval process. Let me kind of tell you what that meant. You have to go through their system. They're right. committed to creating a system of approval for medications, which is why they don't want CBD referred to as a medicine of any type yet because it hasn't gone through their approval process, which is extremely expensive and not really something capable it, within the capability of you know small to medium-sized businesses but at least they're they're opening the door well this is a fairly common statement of fda oh okay and it's it's it, you want me to tell you what i'm reading from this is sure. they're just reaffirming to us this is what they do okay they approve medicinal products through their process and that's it and they want to roll cbd in through that uh but the, uh, the consumer is not letting them. That's the good thing. The consumer is saying, uh-uh, no, we yeah. want this plant, not Big Pharma. So who is FDA's biggest client is Big Pharma. Yeah. It certainly is not Canafil. Canafil is not going to go in there and pay them their $3 million to process each one of our lines. Right. Ain't going to happen. Yeah. And that's... as a matter of fact, then our product, when it comes to you, the consumer, we're going to have to charge you $60,000 a year. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Big Pharma gets for their products. Yeah, that's terrible. This is why FDA has to t continually remind us of their position because, th no, that Big Pharma is their client. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Uh, so, but they do make this statement, which is a little bit more in line with what you were saying. We are aware that there may be some products on the market that, oh, I'm sorry, wrong statement for you, but still. <laughs> we are aware that there may be some products on the market that add CBD to food or label CBD as a dietary supplement. Under federal law, it's illegal to market CBD in this way. The FDA is evaluating the regulatory framework that apply to certain cannabis-derived products that are intended for non-drug uses, including whether and or how the FDA might consider updating its regulations. In other words, so they might fit with the consumers who are demanding that this product stay free. Right. Okay. Uh, as well as whether potential le uh, legislation might be appropriate. The information we have underscored the need for further study and high quality and scientific information about the safety and potential uses of CBD. That is more in line with what you were suggesting earlier. Yes, they are staying open to this because they have to. We're, well, you, we're pushing too hard. Too hard. Consumers are pushing back. Anytime FDA oversteps their bounds and tries to take it, consumers are right there pushing back. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. because that's what we need to do. At this point, we've already proven that it's it's not harmful. I mean, again, there's always going to be people that abuse everything, yeah. um, but it doesn't hurt you. No. So currently, I also uh, uncovered that FDA's current studies are, and this sounds like a real safe study for me, but anyway, they're currently studying uh, the sex and gender differences when using CBD for treatments of sleep, pain, anxiety. So that's what they're currently doing. I also uh, thought I'd give you a snapshot of all the warnings they've sent out to CBD companies over the past years. Yes. And they will send a warning out if you break one of these three areas. The amount of CBD you claimed on the label, if that is not what's in the bottle, you will get a warning label. Yes. Uh, you will get a warning letter. If the label does not meet with their requirements, you will get one. And if you are making medical claims, you will get one. Well, I think those are all good. I think uh, oh, those people should. Absolutely. So I thought yeah. I'd give you a tally of all the letters. So far in two, uh, 2020, 14 CBD companies have been issued letters. That's it. <laughs> 14, yeah. Wow. 2019, there was 22 of them issued. Okay. And the, the previous four years... Yeah, I didn't want to go to each year. Total of 57. So, you know, you got the math, you know, over 70-some letters to companies who have broken one or all of those uh, requirements set out by the FDA. So, and then what do you do as a company? Obviously, you need so to make the, sure what's on the label is what's in the bottle. Yeah, I've read, I've read quite a few of those letters, and the most common language on there is cease and desist immediately mm. with the activity that caused the letter to be drafted, and also to demonstrate to them how you've corrected those activities. Okay. That's mainly what these letters are doing, Yeah. and I'm pretty sure there is a follow-up on there as well. Now, um, FDA. So FDA is still just kind of waiting for someone else to make a move. I'm telling you. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> and they're putting things together. But you're you're absolutely right. And I think the latest move with uh, DEA might trigger some more activity on their behalf. And let's go to DEA next. Um, I certainly, uh, yeah, I don't have an appreciation for DEA right now. Yeah, I was going to say, he, they're, they're the biggest bully on the block. Yeah. Excuse me. Allergies this morning. <laughs> Thanks for the patience. 
Uh, so with DEA, I actually sat in a conference yesterday, or, or I'm sorry, two days ago, and uh, interesting. So I sat in there with the two legal teams and the association of um, of HIA, uh, Hemp International Association, yeah. uh, the attorney teams of Rod Knight, Harris Brinken, or uh, yeah, Brinken, uh, of Knight. Uh, so I'm sorry, Rob Knight of Knight Law and in the Harris Brinken Attorney Group, along with the Hemp Defense Fund, uh, they have put a countersuit uh, to DEA because of this. Let me try to explain this. So what DEA did is they came in and put a IFR, which is what they refer to as a interim final ruling on CBD. Now, their interim final ruling stated this, and I'll be very summary about it, that uh, DEA does not find cannabis, mostly they're pointing at CBD, as an illegal substance as long as it stays below 0.3% THC. Right, so we're talking the hemp plant. The hemp plant. So as long as it's fully from the hemp plant and the THC percentage stays below 0.3, then they do not consider it as a controlled substance and no issues. Okay. Okay. Now, by them making this IFR, two things were wrong. And I'll, I'll go the easiest one first, but it does require some explaining. During the extraction process pulling cannabinoids out of the hemp plant. So this is that stage where the farmers grow it, everything is okay, then it goes to an extraction plant where they extract all the materials, Right. and then it goes to your manufacturer, and then it goes to the consumer. So right there in the middle of the supply chain is those extractors. During the extraction process, it's almost always an elevated amount of THC until they are done. So that means DEA has, by their statement and by their ruling that's already in effect, just said, we've killed your CBD market. Completely dead. Completely dead because right now they can go in and close every one of the extractors. And now the farmers have no one to sell to. Okay. And if the extractors can't extract the product and give it to us manufacturers, us manufacturers cannot manufacture the product and consumers don't get it. What they absolutely did is they went into the middle of our supply chain and broke it. Okay. 100% broke it. Yeah. Well, okay. So I know we've had a show on this already about the process from the hemp plant, from the little tiny guy hemp okay. plant all, all the right. way to the manufacturer. So when the flower comes off the farm, yeah. it has a lower amount of THC in it, right? Correct. Because it's the hemp plant. Correct. But is, could it be over 0.3? No. No. No, there's testing error at that level. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, USDA ha- handles that piece. Okay. So, so that's the, all good. So then, it, so then it goes to the extraction place. Mm-hmm. Where does it get to be over 0.3? Well, let's just take the simple. Let's take the simplest approach. I know. I'm, I'm when being... you extract something, you're going to condense it. Yeah. Okay. See. It's as simple no, as that, guys. And yeah. there was no language in there to separate that out. At this point, all the attorneys all, all completely recognize they have severed our chain oh, from great. that one little statement. 
Okay, now I told you there was two issues. The second issue is this. The Farm Bill in 2018 removed DEA from this. Oh. Completely removed it because it had become completely descheduled. So why is DEA even involved? They didn't have, uh, apparently it's suggested by these, by a lot of people, they didn't have the right to make an IFR. Because it's the hemp plant, right? And if they did, Congress should be pissed off because Congress made a statement and then DEA just went, I don't care, we're still going to impose our will on you. Wow. So I don't believe it's going to stick, but I do not appreciate that little sneaky chess move. Now, okay, so again, here I am with my questions. Keep them short. We've got a lot more. Yeah. Are we talking about both plants or just? Just the hemp plant. The hemp this plant. This is only okay. on the hemp bank. This IFR okay. was specifically to the, the hemp plant. Okay. So anyway, so I've spoken. You know, I was part of that conference. Uh, ex- they expected this is going to be kind of a long, drawn-out thing, but... Uh, just because that's how our, you know, forefathers had set up this type of legal process. Mm-hmm. Um, so off we go. Uh, but I want to share that with you. Uh, right now, DEA has a position of, well, we got bigger fish to fry, so we're not really going to focus in on this. Uh, All right, if you can see the look on my face, you'd understand that. <laughs> but so, anyway. But these attorneys are going after them. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. And so thank you, HIA, for putting that together and for you, uh, the attorney teams for, you know, standing up for our rights. I appreciate that. Yeah. So a big shout out to those guys. Yeah. We, we wanted to get them on the show, but I think it was just too short a notice. I mean, the, the meeting was literally two right. days ago. Right. So, um, okay, let's go to TSA. TSA still has the exact same position. We are not in the drug business. We are in, we are looking for anyone who will do harm to the passengers. Yeah. So, if they see something, they just direct it over to local officials anyway. Uh, they continue to, hey, listen, we're just following you. You know, hemp is allowed, but it doesn't matter. We're not looking for it. Yeah. Okay. So you can travel with your CBD. Yeah. When you're traveling with CBD, all you need to do is just look at your travel destination. Oh, because right. Because if you travel that, into yeah. a state that's completely illegal, you might have an issue. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, super easy to find this out online. Yeah. Okay. Very easy to find this out. Right. Uh, let's go to USDA. You probably don't want to travel that state anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. Go. That's way not nice. Go. That's not nice. But come on. They're not fun. All right. USDA's uh, position on it was, I think, wonderful. Uh, they started all the way back on the 2014 Farm Bill where they allow industrial hemp to start making a show in the market. Uh, then when the 2018 Farm Bill came in, they revised and and pulled hemp out of the drug schedule. But the neat thing is, is they started to work on regulations. Yeah. So that, you know, we had standardization coming from our farmers, which was great. Hey, this is how you're going to meet these expectations. Uh, and you need to register and, and have license and there's testing. And I love it all. And their current interim final ruling from the USDA is to allow these regulations to go to two full crop cycles so they can evaluate them. I thought that was terrific. So, And some of their plans are uh, on testing, sampling, um, shipments, 
licensing, disposal. You know, when you get a when you get a batch of hemp that has too high of THC, well, you got to dispose of it now. And I'm pretty sure there's there needs to have a program there as well. Yeah. So they also include it in their IFR as well uh, from the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, federal aid to farmers. So a USDA, kudos to you. You're doing a good job uh, helping us to regulate from the seed. Yeah, that's awesome. That is so awesome because then we can we cannot have uh, the fear of the initial product. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, just checking in on things. All right, let's keep going. IRS. Mm. Yeah, so IRS is is just excited because it's a booming market and yeah. they get to tax it. And they get to tax it. And they get to ride on the coattails of DEA going, oh, this is still scheduled this. And FDA going, well, we, you know, they get to ride on all that fear. Because right now they're excised. They're, they have two taxes. There's sales tax, uh, which they refer to as excise. And uh, corporate tax, and both of those are extremely high. Yeah. Yeah. So they stand to, you know, get a lot of revenue, and that's how that works. Well, I mean, they're always looking for their piece of the pie. Oh yeah, so of course, of course. Yeah, they got to fund all these, all these guys, all these, uh, yeah, all these FDA, DEAs, TSA's, USDA's. I <laughs> said <laughs> just a big pack of bullies is what it is <laughs> well in today's conversation it does sound like that yeah all right. i don't always believe that i know i don't right. either but right now um all right so uh irs uh just stands to impose uh some taxation on there uh at some point as hemp products become more mainstream uh commodities my guess even those taxes will likely get adjusted uh, but I don't see the recreational side getting too many adjustments. Well, and I, honestly, I kind of think that's an okay thing yeah. because we don't want it to be super cheap. Right. Right. So let's move over to states. Now, interesting that two years ago, states were like, what the hell do you want us to do? Right? And there was lots of policing and it, it was just, but now we're seeing lots of states who are participating and driving regulation. We want this product. Let's try to help get it regulated quicker. Because a lot of statements I'm getting from state officials that they're criticizing FDA. Oh, yeah? They're like, well, you know, hey, if you're not going to do something about this, we will. Yeah, that's good. <coughs> Apologize. So uh, good, for, good, good for our state officials. Yeah. Uh, I believe they see the value. Uh, I know they see it from an economic. Uh, I'm pretty sure they see it just from their, the, the health uh, component to, you know, the members of their state. Uh, so good for them. Now, when we go to county, though, there might be uh, a little more. Well, so a lot of our county officials are kind of following in like DEA and, you know, you're hearing about raids from the sheriff's department. And so just. <sighs> Not a whole lot of clarity there, and maybe not not staying current is okay. what I see with county officials. They're just going to follow the leader. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I and I and I feel bad for them because again, I don't think they're getting updated. Well, there's not a whole lot of updated clarity to give them. Right. Again, this is still just a big mess. Yeah, everybody's just tippy toeing through the tulips. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. 
But there's there's this that next thing is is the congressional uh, bill that is out. Now this proposed bill, uh, let me read a little bit. This legislation was titled. You know what? This is such a cool bill uh, that we're going to take a break and then come back and talk oh, about it. Oh, look at you with the cliffhanger. Right? Uh, <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's take a small break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this congressional bill that was proposed. And it is in favor of. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Oh. We'll, take a, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. Welcome back, listeners. CBD Ed Show. This is Ed Cheney, your host, along with Kimberly Rose. Hello. We are talking about what's new in the legalization of cannabis. And I left you on a cliffhanger, so let's pick it up on the proposed bill going through Congress. And this legislation is titled Hemp and Hemp Derived CBD Consumer Protection and Market Stabilization Act of 2020. Okay. I like that. (laughs) It hit all of my favorite topics. I mean, just think about that. Consumer protection, market stabilization. Yes. Wow, how needed was that? Well, somebody has to protect us. Yeah. When I I spoke to a conference 
a couple of, I, it was about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and they talked about the Arizona Prop 207, and everybody's like, oh, is it going to pass this time? And there was a small group in there and go, it didn't matter. Because they were already drafting this. Oh, good. Right? Good. All right. So let me tell you what, uh, what, what this, uh, le- this legislation will do. It will mandate that cannabidiol, that's CBD, derived from hemp and any other ingredient derived from hemp shall be lawful under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act as a dietary ingredient in a dietary supplement. Yay! Right. So if this bill gets passed, FDA has to change their position because right now they are unwilling to consider it as a dietary supplement. That gives them all the room to go in and impose themselves on this on this market. Yeah. And as soon as this bill passes, they're no longer able to do this. Okay. Well, so that's then the one person that's willing to take the step. That's this this congressional bill is going to be that one piece yeah. that's going to unify everybody. Okay, this this is great news. Right. You got to have one person on your side. And I, I I'm still not really sure how this so Congress has got to be again. I, I don't know what the chess move is between Congress and DEA. Right. Uh, again, I would feel that DEA or the Congress would be like, you know, hey, quit uh, quit crap in my backyard. I would say that would be a very fair statement. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they move so slow, though. Oof. So, and why cannot? So, why why can't FDA consider CBD as a dietary supplement? Here is, and I've shared this information with you in the past. Here was FDA's chess move. They rushed through the approval process of Epidiolex. Mm-hmm. I mean, historically rushed through it yeah. like the quickest approval they've ever had and its main ingredient was CBD yeah. so as soon as CBD was then granted approval and a medical and a, and a uh, pharmaceutical product it no longer can fit in a dietary supplement ingredient oh that was the chess move made by FDA. So we're going to, again, it's all just about blocking. It, <laughs> right. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's a chess game, right. It's a chess game. Uh, those who stand t- you know, stand to win the most. and yeah, You know how all that plays out. Yeah. So, um, you know, because FDA would stand to get all kinds of approvals, uh, f- the fees from approvals, you know, as the pharmaceutical industry has them all stacked up. Mm-hmm. And if the pharmaceutical industry is the only one who can control CBD, you're going to pay out your ass to get it. Yeah, and, and it's already it. not cheap. I mean, good quality CBD is not cheap. I know. I'm but talking we, about good quality, not. But we, we said the highest, $700 a year, is somebody who's using it quite frequently as opposed to 60000 a year if it moves over to pharmaceutical. Oh. Now, that's a, I'll say the number again. 700 a year, 60000 a year. And that's just because we'll have to spend so much money You can't get it, it from anywhere else but pharmaceuticals, and they can set whatever they want. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, and their, their process is more expensive. Right. Right? You know, a couple mil to get it approved, manufacturing of it. Since, oh, my goodness, right? Um, so... 
Uh, that was the biggest reason why we have all been struggling in the CBD market and the CBD space is because FDA made that chest move, proved CBD as a medicinal ingredient, and now it can't be considered as a dietary ingredient or dietary supplement ingredient. But this proposed bill will change that. Good. And if that changes it, it repositions the, uh, it re, it moves FDA to another position. Now they're going to be looking at it like they do, you know, vitamins. Yeah, because it can right. be over the counter. We don't right. need a prescription for it. I, we still want standardization. We still yes. want FDA skill and talent. They have lots of years of being able to help consumers by going to the manufacturers and saying, this is how we want you to produce this product so that it's the safest for our consumers. Right. That's what we want, FDA. Yeah. All right. That's what we want. Yeah, that's what that's what we want. Is that who we're talking to? <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> that's what we want. There are plenty of um, pharmaceutical products all lined up. Uh, there'll be plenty of those. Uh, and there'll be a need for them. But this general, this this dietary supplement is way too important to us. Okay, so that is the proposed. Now, how long does that stuff go to? I don't know. But anybody who wants to Google it, again, the legislation title is called Hemp and Hemp Derived CBD Consumer Protection and Market Stabilization Act of 2020. Feel free to email me if you want any more. Uh, if you want more definition on that, happy to give it to you. Yes. All right. Now, where are the consumers on the legalization? of cannabis, including CBD. Well, we took some polls and my goodness, 8% were, were, were confident in CBD four years ago. And now we are, you know, 68%. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think there are more people that consume CBD than people who drink Starbucks. Oh, that now that would be nice. I don't, but we're not Starbucks fans, so that's fine. Well, so all right. So here's the consumer. The consumer, from my from my perspective, here's what happened. The consumer in the very beginning, the stigma of THC was the ruler. Yeah. Hey, everybody with withdrawn from it didn't didn't want to play. Didn't want to. Didn't want to. You got a few early adopt adopters, and that was about it. Lately, and and then they they went through this regulatory nonsense. Mm-hmm. States not knowing what to do with hemp derived products, F- federal not knowing what to do with hemp derived. All of it, FDA, all these claims. Oh my goodness! So the consumers spent a whole year and a half, two years going, "What do I do? Right? Should I be taking this? Is, Is this legal? a good idea? Am I right. going to get busted? Yeah. Right. And store owners are like, well, should I sell this? Can I sell this? What do I do now? And so for a whole year and a half, mm-hmm. that's what the consumer had to put up with. And I think the big shift is the consumer said, what? <laughs> Screw this. Enough is enough. This stuff, it worked for my neighbor. It worked for my mom. I'm taking it. Well, and I think, and again, we don't want to say yay on anxiety that's overwhelmed. Oh my goodness! Right, our world. Yeah. Um, but it works so good on it's, anxiety. Oh my goodness! Like, and, so good, yeah. and you don't have to take a, a, a 
a pharmacy. I, I have so many customers that come in and say, my doctor wants to put me on a prescription and I yeah. just don't want to do yes, that. No. And I'm like, you uh, don't need to do that. And how bad has it been lately? I mean, COVID first, now the elections. Wow. Anxiety is... Anxiety through the roof. We see it from two places. We see it personally. As we interact with our friends, loved ones, sure. people in our community, Children. and we also mm-hmm. see it in the sale of uh, of cannabis products that are designed to target anxiety. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if crazy. people have forgotten they're in pain, <laughs> um, but I would say. Uh, Let's say eight out of ten of my customers come in and they are anxiety ridden. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter if you're seventeen or sixty-five. I mean, they are all just it's just anxiety all over the place. And the studies using hemp derived cannabinoids for anxiety keeps getting bigger. There are a couple of cannabinoids that are coming out. Now, uh, they're going to make a big splash, especially as it uh, deals with anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to that over the coming months, uh, and we'll be, we'll be leading on that. So keep an eye on us. So I think, I mean, I think people are getting more comfortable with CBD. Obviously, you yeah. know, it's everywhere, right? It's every, everybody's making it or putting their name on it, I guess I should say. Um, so it, it it should be more common. It should be more. It's kind, I mean, I tell my customers, it's like an Advil. You have to decide your dosage. Mm-hmm. Do you need one? Do you need this dose? Do you need that dose? It's, it's up to you. Yeah. And remember, everybody, World Health Organization, all of them all say that uh, this, is, this is a big safety thing with humans. Humans, you can't overdose in it. it, it so far, everybody considers this as uh, safe for humans. So when it comes to the point you just made about trying to figure out your own dose, it's not a scary thing. It's really not. And I I, I try and say, okay, yes, of course, if you want to start low, you can. But recognize, get in touch with your body and know, okay, this was good but it could be a little bit better. And that's your place. And then we can figure out your milligrams and your bottle and all that other stuff. But the first two weeks, that's it. That's all you have to do is work with the product. And again, uh, I say it's like an Advil, but it doesn't hurt your body like an Advil. I mean, I had a doctor tell me, you cannot take that anymore. And as long as as you have, uh, as long as this product is left to us as a dietary supplement, you'll have passionate people like Kimberly here will, who will help you yes. find that, perf- that sweet spot, that perfect amount. And she'll balance between, hey, do this so I can get you to the solution. And then once I do that, let me do this to help you with the cost. Right. You know, because no sense. And if you hit your solution, don't keep going up because then you're just, you'll just, from, from a cost period, you'll lose. Uh, so that's the that's the great thing. You're not going to get that from pharmacy. No, pharmacy's like, yeah, we want our sixty thousand dollars. What? What? Yeah. What do you want? Oh, oh you took six. Yeah. Oh, you Take took more. eight. <laughs> oh, you did this. Oh. <laughs> right. So yeah, I don't I don't believe in wasting. You know me. I don't believe in wasting CBD. I, you, there's no reason for. I had a customer the other day. He said, Yeah, I think I. I knew I was going to have a really anxious day, and I took an extra dose in the afternoon, and he said. So I just sat on the couch, 
And I figured, well, okay, I'm just going to be here for a little while. And I, he said I didn't fall asleep. I just knew I just had a little too much. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep going. Uh, we're going to separate uh, the current. Now, see, these aren't uh, these aren't a legalizing. Uh, conversation. This is more about regulatory conversation, yeah. which falls in. So we separate our regulations into four groups. We've got the farmer. Yep. We've got the extraction facilities. Then we have the manufacturers, and then we have our retail. So uh, USDA has the farmers under under their arms and currently doing a really good job, in my opinion. So again, they are monitoring. They're testing. Uh, there's licensing involved and keep that in mind about the licensing because that plays out in the manufacturer. Uh, so, uh, USDA is doing a good job there. Uh, extraction is also in, in both in, uh, the wheelhouse of the state and the USDA. They're working in tandem with extraction again, requiring lots of testing, also facility, uh, maintenance and requirements and so forth. Uh, they also have, you know, chemicals they have to process. So there's there's rules and and things already put in place there as well. And you got manufacturers, manufacturers again with testing and their facility maintenance and requirements. Uh, and within manufacturing, providing all of the necessary standards to our retailers so that they can make they can give consumers good choices on products. So what do I mean by that? Uh, so uh, uh, giving to the retailers documentation that the hemp was purchased from a licensed manufacturer, a licensed grow farm, documentation of raw materials and their associated COA certificate of analysis by a third party, finished product, third-party analysis of potency, uh, presence of chemicals like pesticides and heavy metals and uh, microbials. Uh, so being able to process those forms or those credentials and passing them off to the retail retailer so then the retailer can make them available to the consumer uh, because, again, this is a, a, a point where regulatory matters are sometimes they're blended mm -hmm. so the man or so the manufacturers that includes the farmer the extraction or the manufacturer also are taking some on some of these responsibilities of regulating themselves as well as following thank you very much states states are imposing regulations here in the state of arizona which is where we reside uh their biggest regulatory changes uh, that are happening right now are all about the testing facilities and then to the manufacturers on a testing process, yes. a protocol of testing. Yeah, and that was a very interesting show that we had. Um, did how what was it? How oh boy, we we did it on testing. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, I believe uh, it I can't was remember the a, name of it. Of, yeah, yeah, self-regulating, uh, and we used Desert Valley testing, which is absolutely spot on with meeting the current state's regulatory matters as it applies to testing. Yeah, I think uh, they're one of the few that are actually certified. Uh, I can't remember all the lingo that she gave us yes, at the show. Yes, right? And we yeah. really wanted to get them on the show, but they are so busy preparing for this big shift that's happening, uh, including getting all their customers uh, to 
you know, be ready for this upcoming change that we could not get them on. Yeah. Um, everybody's busy right now. Yeah, everybody's super busy. So the elections will be over soon and expect all of this to just take off. So now let's go to the retailer. The retailer then has its responsibilities as well uh, to vet the products that come into your store. Because when a consumer walks into the store, if you're carrying it, they're assuming... They're making an assumption you have quality product or a product that's meeting certain standards. Yes. Kind of up to you to help us because the retailer, you're really the face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll make us or break us. So all the retailers out there, uh, if you're doing it, keep doing it. And thank you very much uh, because it's people like FDA and DEA that are watching because they're looking for mistakes. They're like, sure. well, those guys can't do a good job here, so we need to step in. Yeah. And that's how the, that's what they'll tell Congress, and we don't want them to do that. That's not good Yeah, for us. I mean, listen, I don't ever want anybody to come into a store and question something right. and me not have the documents to support what I'm saying. Yeah. And what's a common tra- what's a common communication that you have with a new customer that comes in and they're looking at, let's say, a tincture product. Yeah. Because that's a kind of an unfamiliar product to most people. You yeah. know, something that you're going to put under your tongue for a little while. And right. So what kind of conversations are you having with your consumers regarding meeting certain standards? Well, you know, it's funny that uh, most of my customers don't ask the questions ah, anymore. Yeah, okay. They did in the beginning. They did it like a year or two ago. But now they're just almost like it's. It must be safe. I mean, Martha Stewart's making it or, uh, you know what I mean? I see. So I don't really get a lot of pushback, but every once in a while I'll get a consumer that wants to know, you know, what's in the bottle. Uh. Do you have your tests here in the, st- you know, is there a test result for this product? I have an, a, a very large, well, I have many products in the store. I have a notebook. It's got to be about that thick right. just with test results and, um, Every time I get a new order in, I require new test results from that product. Um, Verifiable ones. Yep, they all get updated. Everything is always there in case that question comes around or, heaven forbid, the DEA shows up at the store. Who knows, right? right? So I just always want to have – it probably is because I come from the legal world. And I also just want my customers to trust – that what they're taking is safe, and I've, you know, I also take everything before it comes into the product. Physically take it. Yes, to make no, sure I've, it I've works. Watched it. I've watched your methodology <laughs> in there. You do. You're, it's quite extensive. Um, now, so we've heard from a retailer how they approach this. Let's let's uh, let's take a look at the consumer because the consumer actually does have uh, a big influence here. Yes, and of you, course. And you just spoke of it. If our consumer could get back to that place where they were like wanting to question the quality or the standards of the product, that would then force everybody down the supply chain to do what should be done. Right. Everybody would get there. Can you imagine if you walked into a retail store that was selling CBD and you asked them, okay, can you tell me where this CBD came from? And they did not say. And the current standards is that you can only use CBD from a certified licensed farmer, mm-hmm. which, by the way, only USA and Europe have this program in place really well. So kudos. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah. I can't Guess imagine. Guess what you would do? I mean, you would force the retailer to go, oh, all right. And then they're going to call down to their supplier. That supplier is going to call down to the farmer. And the whole process gets scrubbed. It gets it gets renewed. Right. right? Everybody reminds themselves, oh, we got to send this stuff up. Oh, we got to get the retailer to a place where they're selling quality products and can validate it with the appropriate testings and certifications and licensing and so forth. I think it's I think it's really important and I think for me as a retailer when I get any pushback yeah. from a manufacturer about their testing, yeah. it you're out the door. Yep. You're not coming in here, sorry, I don't care whose name's on the product. Yeah. It's not happening. So th- and that's good and and so that th- so you're taking the, the same role we're asking a consumer to take. Right. Right. So you 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 make expectations and that everybody down the chain has to react to that. Right. So consumer, you have the best position of everybody. Yeah, and I mean I'm still learning a lot of stuff. I I mean I I just learned about gummies. Um there's infused and then there's ones that just they sprinkle the C B D on the top of it. Yeah. And Obviously, you want the infused one. You want the CBD inside the product, not mm. sprinkled on top, because it just gets lost in the bag. It oh, doesn't. Yeah, it sprinkle, it yeah. just yeah. it just gets lost in the bag. So you, all your CBDs at the bottom of your CBD bag. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so I I again I don't have those kind of people. I had one manufacturer that brought me in these beautiful looking gummies, and and I went, hmm, these look too. Good, you know what I mean. They look like they looked really like something you see on Easter. Fancy, yeah. And in order to make a good infused CBD gummy, it's not going to look great. It's not going to look great because it it's not going to f- go in a perfect mold. Yeah. So, those are just the tricks. Those things at Circle K that are so hot right now. Those CBD gummies. Be careful with them. Yeah. Just be careful. Well, and we know there's an audience out there that, you know, it's driven by economics. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to, you know, $100 for a high-quality CBD that will treat some serious pain. Yeah. And that's really sometimes hard to, to pull out of the pocket. Uh, but you also could buy the $20 version from someplace, and it doesn't have what it should have in it, and then you just lose. You, you'll never know what CBD could do for you. Well, that's the thing is that you're going to go. Well, that didn't work. Yeah, that's just right. garbage. And it was. It what you bought was garbage. All right. So I, I just want to say it one more time, consumers. You have power. Yes. Go ahead and act on it. Yes. Really pull that sword out. Go, I demand, I demand this. Yeah. And and you're really going to help us all out. The person you're talking to is going to go, what? Quit bugging me. No, but you're going to help us all out because it's going to keep the FDAs and the DEAs from trying to overstep their control if we can handle this well. Right. Okay? Yep. And so that's you're really why we, doing a favor for all of us. It's really why we do this show is just to inform yeah. and make sure that consumers and, and everybody out there that is interested in CBD that... They they learn. You just yeah. learn, and you can go through any of our podcasts. I I I don't even know we've talked about so many things. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, show. Uh, this is listeners. This is uh, going to be a wrap to our show today. I hope we were able to shape 
the view of legalization and standardization in today's market just before the elections. Uh, I believe you're going to see a lot of shifts over the next four to six months. Yeah. Uh, if this congressional act goes through, we are really going to step up our game. Right. And and all the yeah, it, it, it's going to turn out well. So we have uh, a lot of hope in 2021. Well, and it's got to be better than. T- 2020. Right. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. Okay. Yes. So I want to thank uh, everybody back at Canafil for putting this information together for us today. Wonderful having you as a host today. Listeners, thank you very much for participating. Without you, this wouldn't be a thing. Yes. So thank you all. And stay tuned for Ryan and his show. And we will talk again on the next episode. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.